Hey, hey, what is up, Spiritual Hooligan? Today, I want to help you to transcend the unnecessary suffering, negativity, and stress that's so common for all of us. You know, happiness and peace are actually your natural state, but you can't get to those states using survival consciousness, something that I call dogma. So my name is Matthew Ferry and I'm bringing you your daily enlightenment. It's your moment to pause, to slow down, to get connected to enlightened perspectives. I want to help you to quiet your mind and restore your peace. So I want you to start by taking a deep breath in with me, will you? Hold your breath as long as you can. Close your eyes if it's appropriate. Don't close your eyes if it's not appropriate. Keep taking long, slow, deep breaths. Hold them over and over and over and over. And just repeat after me, will you? Please set the intention for enlightened consciousness to flow through, to experience the purity of my own consciousness, to know that all is well, to embrace life, people, and circumstances exactly as they are. Please set the intention to release my need for things to be different, to practice total and complete acceptance of all situations at all times, all people, including myself. Take another deep breath in. Connect with the idea that all is well. Keep taking these breaths. And I want you to ponder these ideas with me. You can ascend into enlightened states quickly, or you can do it slowly. You know, most spiritual traditions are the slow path. And for me, you know, that wasn't really appealing, to be honest with you. I'm like you. I'm, I'm seeking to optimize my experience. I want to maximize my experience here on Earth. And as a result, I've been breaking rules my entire life. You know, I'm, I, I, I do what I'm taught by my mentors. You know what I mean? Like, I, I go for it 100%. Best of my ability. And then I just observe and I acknowledge the results. And I've really related to all of my teachers with optimism and with good faith. Uh, but at the same time, I've never been attached to their process. I've always had this instinct that you can bend the rules if you know what the rules are. You can, you can optimize, you can take it to the next level. And, and that's really the idea behind rapid enlightenment. You know, the idea of rapid enlightenment in general, I mean, it flies in the face of most of the ideologies. But this is why I started calling myself a spiritual hooligan. You know, many of my teachers, I was their best student, uh, but I was also a troublemaker. I challenged everything. I questioned everything. I, I, I looked for loopholes. I looked for ways around it. I looked for holes in the process. I've always known that the rules just don't really apply and that they're just someone's opinions. So I want you to take a deep breath in with me right now. And I want you to start with this idea. I don't know why I am the way I am. But neither do you. You don't know why you are the way you are. See, you and I can't answer life's fundamental questions like, who am I and what is this life all about? Why am I this way and where did I come from? What happens after I die? Why was I born? What is that? But I'm like you. I've, I've been seeking answers my entire life. For me, I've been questioning the status quo. I'm a disruptor, to be honest with you. You know, my dad used to call me Matt, Matt the Friendly Brat when I was a baby. And as I got older, he really helped to feed that need to question. And I was very lucky to have a leader in the personal development industry as a father. He opened a lot of doors for me. Opened a lot of doors to study with a lot of amazing mentors. And I've spent thousands of hours working with those mentors. And, and I've spent actually thousands of hours 
meditating, meditating for one minute, five minutes, two minutes, three minutes. Then it used to go to two hours, then three hours, even four hours at a time. Going inside, observing, seeking to understand. And for me, ultimately, I concluded that the answers that I was seeking lived in the realm of conjecture. They were just dogma. They were myth. They were answers um, that in the end were unknowable. I mean, science can't tell me who I am and why I exist and, and what happens after I, I die. You know what I'm saying? It's like the answers are unknowable. You can't answer life's most important questions. I know I couldn't. But that doesn't stop you from making up stories and defending them like your stories are true. You know what I'm saying? Like we can't answer the questions, but we still make up stories. And the idea, this idea that we make up stories, that's really fascinated me ever since I was a child. You know, the, the stories that we create influence every aspect of our life. That's really been in my face since early on in my life. The idea that the stories are just made up. They're told to us by other people. They're embellished on by our imagination. They're rehashed and recreated over and over and over, updated continuously by this insane monkey mind that we have going on in our head. But over the decades of my life, I've really seen that the stories have the power to create stress, anxiety, fear, or urgency, but they can also create joy, freedom, creativity, and empowerment. You know, two people can live in the exact same situation and the quality of their life is determined by the stories they tell themselves. So I've been fascinated with this phenomenon. The phenomenon that the stories about unprovable things determine the quality of our existence. Let me just say that again. The stories about unprovable things determines the quality of our existence. And that fascination culminated for me into an aha moment of unprecedented power in my life. Suddenly, two seemingly unrelated modalities became inexplicably connected for me. <clears throat> Recontextualization smashed together with this esoteric healing modality that I learned from my mentor, Dr. David Hawkins, called applied kinesiology, more commonly called muscle testing. And the process was really simple. You, you apply a stimulus and then you test the muscle to see if it's strong or weak. That's it, right? You use like say the word love and you test to see is that muscle strong or weak? You know, a, a, a chiropractor would um, find misalignment in a person's spine by testing their muscles. Uh, Dr. Hawkins used it to measure consciousness. My hypothesis, much more simple, much more simple. Does an unprovable statement strengthen you or weaken you? That's it. Dogma, unprovable, but so influential. Does an unprovable statement strengthen or weaken your body? That's it. So simple, yet so profound. And I got to tell you, I went on a terror. You know, I started testing everything I could think of, right? Heaven, hell, life after death, relationships, love, hate, good, evil, the devil, peace, war. I mean, you name it. All of these, all of these concepts, these ideologies... These values, I put them to the test. And I was just compelled. I was compelled to see what context was strengthening and what context was weakening. I was fascinated by this. 
And I wasn't trying to figure out what was true and what was false because the things that I was testing weren't provable. There was no way to tell if they were true or false. It was just, do they strengthen you or do they weaken you? That's it. I didn't want to know, was this valid and this was unvalid because it, that's not what this, you could, there's no way to prove it if it was valid or unvalid. It was just, was it strong or is it weak? For example, the statement, I've lived multiple human lifetimes goes strong on everyone I've ever tested, regardless of their faith, regardless of their background, regardless of their beliefs, regardless of anything. Every single person I've ever tested, when you get their testing working correctly, that's a whole other story. When you get their testing working correctly, no matter what, it goes strong. And you can't prove that your idea about this concept is right or wrong. No one can, not me, not anybody. Yet we still believe it. It's just dogma though, right? It's just bullshit. You just made up a story. Yet you still believe this is what happens after death or right, whatever. And your beliefs have dramatic influence on your day-to-day -day existence. And here's the thing you need to know. I don't care if you believe it or not because I don't care if I believe it or not. I care about having an epic life and that's it. I want this existence, this experience to be maximized and enjoyed. And if you believe that you are a random artifact of the universe, that you're born, you live, you die, and that's it, you're going to experience a perpetual state of urgency and that urgency will influence everything you do. It'll diminish your experience of life. Worry will fill your existence. If you believe that you die, you're judged, and if you followed rules created by some people thousands of years ago, then you'll go to a place called heaven where you experience eternal happiness. And if you didn't follow these rules, then you're going to spend eternity suffering in a place called hell. If you believe that, it will massively influence your experience of life. And yet none of these beliefs are right or wrong because none of them can be proven. But here's the kicker. The concept, the idea, you have lived multiple human lifetimes strengthens your body no matter what you believe. You're born, you live, you die, and that's the end of your existence. Weakens your body. It weakens you no matter what you believe. I don't know if that, I don't know what that means, but what I do know is that when I'm strong, everything works. And when I'm weak, everything fails. Everything, everything's harder. When you die, you're judged and you either go to heaven or hell. That weakens your body. I don't know why it weakens your body. I don't care why it weakens your body, but it does. And when you are weak, you malfunction. Things don't work as well. Your life is harder. It's so simple. When you're weak, your life is harder. When you're strong, your life is easier. It's so simple. The concept is so unbelievably simple, but these were shocking revelations for me. You know, I was raised in a Judeo-Christian society. My mom was going to be a nun, for God's sake. My parents went to Catholic school. My beliefs were literally installed in my consciousness before I had a chance to examine them or even choose them. So let's go back to these two ideas that collided and became a cornerstone for the rapid enlightenment process. The breakthrough happened when we took recontextualization and we put it together with this weird thing called muscle testing and just saw what happened. Recontextualization is the skill of describing the conditions and circumstances of your life in a way that creates an empowering reality for you. Muscle testing was just simply a demonstration. You apply a stimulus, 
right? A word, a phrase, a concept, an idea, a picture, an image, sound, whatever. You apply a stimulus and then you test to see is it strong or weak. And muscle testing really was just demonstrating whether a context, an idea, was physically debilitating or physically empowering. That's it. So what happens when you take a proposed context and you put it to the test? It's so simple, right? This, that's, this was the experiment. What happens? I decided to run an experiment on my own life. And when it started to succeed in a very powerful way, when my life started to transform in ways that you can't even imagine, I, I started to ask my clients to run similar experiences in their lives. And, and what happens when you adopt dogma, unprovable statements that make your body go strong versus keeping dogma you haven't examined in an unprovable fashion that make your body go weak. What happens when you adopt things that make you go strong? The results are mind-blowing. People's mind chatter virtually disappeared. They became more tolerant, more peaceful. They experienced more joy. They were more accepting and open of the people around them. They started to see and experience the interconnectivity of everyone and everything in the universe. They literally started operating in an enlightened fashion. Yet they weren't Buddhists. They weren't Hindus. Most of them were not even religious. In other words, recontextualizing life at the level of dogma, adopting beliefs that physically strengthen the body, shifted people out of survival consciousness and into thriving consciousness or enlightened consciousness. The evidence of which was that their negative mind chatter went quiet. And peace and joy and love and certainty took over. Now, I've replicated this process hundreds of times with people from all sorts of backgrounds, and I've become convinced that replacing physically weakening dogma with physically strengthening dogma is a critical component for creating rapid enlightenment. And today, I just want you to run an experiment. I just want you to run an experiment with this one context, and this is one context of many that are a part of the rapid enlightenment process, but what happens when you live like you have lived multiple human lifetimes? Like, what happens when you live like this life really doesn't matter because you're just going to live another one anyways? What happens to your experience when you live like everyone you know is infinite? They're just going to come back over and over and over. What happens when everything that they're doing doesn't matter? What does that framework do to your experience. I want you to play with it. Because if you're going to make things up, you might as well make things up that strengthen you, that feel good, and that empower you. You don't know. I don't know. Nobody knows, right? So just run an experiment. Run an experiment. Live like you have lived multiple human lifetimes and that you will come back over and over and over and just see what happens to your experience of life. Maybe someday, maybe, we can figure it out. I don't know. Who knows, right? So hopefully someday you'll come to one of my events too, okay? And we'll do it on your arm. And I promise you, you'll be shocked. <laughs> I was totally shocked the first time I did it. And I've done it since over and over and over. It's shocking. So anything less than all is well should be recontextualized, renegotiated or renounced. Anything less than all is well. All is well, my friend. My name is Matthew Ferry, author of Quiet Mind, Epic Life. Thanks for tuning in to this Daily Enlightenment.